Welcome to Chinuch 2.0, a show about the massive changes coronavirus has brought to our Chinuch system, some of which may never be the same again. this show, we interview two menalim, two elementary school principals, Rabbi Carmel from Yeshiva G'dayla of Montreal, and Rabbi Hirsch from Yeshiva K'aychav Yitzchak of Baltimore. And we speak with them specifically on the topic of how they stay connected with the Rabbeim and the Talmidim during a time when yeshivas are closed and they're not able to see them in person. I can't stress enough, and I've spoken about this in the past, how much the Talmidim and their parents want to hear from their children's rabbeim and principals so that they can experience the closeness and devotion that the rabbeim and the yeshiva are putting into their children's chinuch. So much work goes into being a child, and parents are experiencing now firsthand how much effort it really takes. So our guests are going to speak about what they do to reach out and hear from the parents and the Talmidim and what they're learning from these conversations. So before we go to our guests, I just wanted to share a small thought. It's almost Shavuos. It's a time that no one would have thought schools would still be, still be closed. And we're actually going to hear how some yeshivas are trying to make the yamtif special for the Talmidim and what they're doing to get them ready. Before Matan Taira, we find there was a six-day period of preparation from Rosh Chaydesh until Matan Taira, and then there was the three days of Shlach Tzimei And if you notice in the Psukim throughout, in the days leading up to Matan Taira, there's always that Moshe Rabbeinu bringing down a message from Hashem to Klai Yisrael, and then Klai Yisrael back to Hashem. Twice, Moshe Rabbeinu, on two separate times, Moshe Rabbeinu brought back the words of Klai Yisrael to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Vayashav Moshe Hashem, Vayagid Moshe Hashem. Each time there was a, a message of Ava, of preparedness, how Klai Yisrael wanted the closeness. They were telling, they were giving over the message Yes, we want the Torah. We want the closeness that comes from the Maimon Sinai. And I think it's very appropriate during this time that yeshivas are closed and we think back to when, the, when we learned that the yeshivas would have to close around Purim time. And we, th- we were thinking that it's, it's a terrible, terrible tragedy that yeshivas are going to be closed and won't be able to learn in person. One good thing that does come out of this is that we're going to see how the Talmidim want that closeness. They want the yeshiva. They're missing it. There's a longing. And just like before Mount Taira, Klaisar had to express their longing for the closeness and the connection, that's also coming out very strongly in these days. The Talmidim want the yeshiva. They want it back. They're, they're, they're longing for it. So even though it's still closed, and even though it's going to be closed until the end, the end of the school year, there's something that they're always going to remember is that they don't want it any other way. 
So just like by Hasinai, Kla Yisrael had to give over the message how much they want the Torah. And that's the way they prepared for Kabbalah Satayra. So too, now in our days, the Talmidim are saying how much they want yeshiva, how much they want school, what they're, they're, they know what they're missing and they appreciate it so much. And that's how they're going to prepare for Kabbalah Satayra this year. Let's go to our guests. Okay, we have on the line Rabbi Mendy Carmel, who was once on this show, and he's going to tell us about his method of communicating with parents during the time that yeshiva is closed. Welcome, Rabbi Carmel. How are you, Rabbi? It's always a pleasure speaking to you. Okay, so uh, you wrote in Mishpacha magazine about how, uh, how you, one of the good things to come out of the coronavirus is the improve, increased communication between the principal and the yeshiva and parents. So, Talk a little bit about what you're doing in your yeshiva and how others can follow suit. So I'll tell you, it really all started with, with the most interesting thing. You write in the beginning as, as this whole crisis was unfolding. So there was a lot of uncertainty on both the parents' part and, and even ourselves as a moistid. And things were changing from day to day. Uh, we went from, from learning in classrooms to actually having remote classrooms in various Bate Medrash, and then that was soon uh, disappeared. And then we started with, with different, looking at the different options, exploring different options of, of teleconferences live and pre-recorded, et cetera. And there was a need for constant communication with parents just to update them. And it was the lack of ability to send home hard copy notes and slides with our students. So I was frequently sending out emails to parents. And I was at that point, it, it, it occurred to me that, that parents don't have the opportunity anymore to stop by the office, to call the secretary and ask to speak to me, um, to call my office line, and I'm often behind my desk to pick up the phone or leave a voicemail, and I'll call back shortly after. So I started to include my cell phone number and my, my personal yeshiva email, and within a few days, I started getting feedback of parents just thanking me for how much I'm doing. And <laughs> at a certain time, I just paused and thought to myself, what exactly am I doing? I'm really, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm almost drowning here. I'm trying to tread water, trying to keep things afloat, trying to make decisions on the fly as things unfold. And what I realized that the only thing I really was doing for parents was I was serving as a lifeline, a support system. Some, they, they knew that there was someone out there that was making decisions that had to be made and would be communicating with them as soon as those decisions were made. And it took a lot of the stress off parents because they knew there was someone out there that was, that was thinking about them because they were getting emails maybe even every day or every other day. And they always included just a, a, an introductory, maybe line of chizik. Um, you know, today I passed by the remote classrooms and then the wonderful mysterious snapshot of the parents coming out of the house and dropping them up and taking them off and et cetera. And then as the phone line started, encouragement to parents. But when I started getting that feedback and, and I saw how thirsty parents were just to have a connection because there wasn't a brick and mortar school anymore that they dropped off their kids by and they made eye contact maybe with, you know, Manal standing at the door, whatever it may be. And I realized that that communication was, was such a key component here. And, and it began with, I sent home uh, before Yom Tif, uh, one or two video recordings of just the Rechizik of myself. And since Yom Tif, I've had already three teleconferences, Chizik teleconferences with parents. And um, I did the first one, I wasn't even sure how the response would be. And it was overwhelmingly 
um, uh, encouraging just the, the, the texts I got and the emails I got from parents just thanking me for the words of encouragement. And I wasn't really saying any deep, profound chachma. As I said last night in, in, in the third teleconference we gave, I said, chazak, chazak, when it's um, we're just giving chizik to each other and, and we become strengthened just by that, just knowing that we're all in the same boat and we're all in this together. I said, usually you tell us, well, we're in this together, but it's very often not the case because usually, you know, you go to a, to a base level or someone's sick or whatever it is and you tell them we're in this together. But at the end of the day, he goes home with the peko and you go home with, the, uh, with maybe some sense of responsibility. But here we're really all in this together. We all have our own children and we're all trying to make things work at our own level. So, so that, 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 that connection that I was able to develop with the parent body was, was extremely profound and, and maybe even surprising. Um, but we have, we have tried our hardest to maintain communication through email. Um, at a certain point, I realized that although it's a small minority in my school, there are some people that don't have access to email. So I got a class mother in every class to send the contents of emails by text message to any parents that don't get emails. And even further, for the, for the really small handful that don't even get text messages, they have like a Harusa partner who calls them up and lets them know any important things that are going on that they have to know about. Um, I made a special effort, despite the busyness in my own home, to put out our weekly school newsletters. And I'm calling up to Rabbeim and finding out what's, what's going on in their phone lines. And believe it or not, we still are celebrating Siumim from time to time. And there are different programs going on. We've had we've had teleconference assemblies on every opportunity with Shredesh and before Pesach and on Lag Boimer and we sang together. And I know from feedback that that there were just as many parents listening in as children and made them feel so connected and part of the uh, part of the, the ongoing dark times that we're in. But at the end of the day they felt that at least they have a lifeline and connection with their son's school. And despite the fact that quantitatively and qualitatively, uh, we certainly are not giving the boys nearly as much as they're getting during a regular school day. And we're trying our best, but it's still nothing like, like being in a classroom. And yet parents are, 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 are feel that there's a, there's a constant, there's someone out there that the yeshiva is not being Messiah Das, and it's constantly doing their best for their children. And that really takes away a lot of the, the, the anxiety that parents may have because if they know that the yeshiva is, is, is conscious and thinking about them and not in any way dropping the ball and saying, listen, but this year we just ended the, ended the school year Purim time. But no, there's someone, you know, when a parent told me when, when, he, when he saw that, that newsletter was emailed to him at 1.30 a.m. on Thursday night, it was so encouraging to him <laughs> that his manal was, was that one, you know, to me it was discouraging. <laughs> my, my wife certainly didn't like it. I was up till so late working on it after a long day. But, but it was encouraging to him just, just knowing that, that, there's some, that whatever's happening is a conscious decision, that this is the best thing, this is the best case scenario for the, opportun- for the, uh, for the situation that we're in. And that, and that, if there's ever a problem, there's someone out there to communicate with. So, could you share share some of it? Like, not everything that you hear from the parents is also rosy. I'm sure there's a lot of frustration, a lot of difficulty. Are you hearing what? To share us, what what are you hearing back from parents, and how is it? How are they? Are they comfortable sharing them? Uh, like opening themselves to you? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I was surprised because I thought I would get much more feedback. On, on, from parents complaining about the the quantitative diminishing of learning that's going on. Especially we, as a said we we made a decision with our rabbanim not to use Zoom, 
And on the phone, we're, we're limited. We can't have kids on the phone. You can imagine, especially younger mm-hmm. grades, for three hours. So, so certainly, uh, quantitatively, there's a lot less learning going on. And I, I really expected there to be a lot more complaints. But at the same time, there are Bayim are bending over backwards. They're calling boys personally, um, trying to call each boy at least once a week to touch base. And, and you know, at the same time, it's, it's not easy for a lot of kids to sit by the phone. And, and sort of between, between the school and the parents, we've sort of come to, a, to, a, to an unwritten agreement where, where we're servicing each other in a way that they know there's someone to, to speak to. And I've gotten feedback and tweaked things a bit in different grades as per parents' feedback sometimes some classes they felt it was too much sometimes they felt it was too little uh, our kindergarten red was doing two different conferences one for davening and then one for parsha and some parents mentioned to me it was just too hard for their little five-year-old to remember twice to call it was hard enough for him to remember you know to call once so we put it together and made it a little shorter and uh, we tweaked it as such mm-hmm. but but you know and, and, there were, and there were certain parents that gave feedback that i didn't feel it was appropriate for us to switch because of that and I told them I hear, and there's, you know, there's, there's other perspectives looking at it, and, and you know, uh, you know, if, if, if we're ready to make any changes, we'll let you know. But, but I really think that, that at the end of the day, I, I would say, I don't know, nine out of ten or eight out of ten, but a very large, a very large amount of the complaints, so to speak, or the negative feedback, really is 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 diminished very very dramatically by the fact that they know that. This is not a mice that's trying to drop the ball. See, part of the anxiety parents have is, oh, so the mice just figures, okay, listen, so they'll get my kids for, for you know, an hour a day on the phone, and then they're out to lunch and everyone's on vacation, and they just stop the school year, put them time. And when they know that there's a constant communication, there's someone, even if he's not in the office, but there's someone that's constantly sending out messages and, and taking the time to give chizik to parents and sending out newsletters and, and dropping off on like boy, we dropped off at every kid's house a little treat. It, they feel that the moisture is there for them. So no, no one ever calls us during the year to complain about the construct of our school day. They should learn more. No, I mean, you always have a few, but more or less their parents, they send their kid off to school and they trust more or less that, that the, the, the curriculum is set up in a way that's going to be, you know, for the greatest benefit of, of, of Rebbe and Talmud. That's what they understand. Most parents have that understanding. And when they, when they see that the yeshiva hasn't in any way dropped the ball, so then the, that trust that they've given us throughout the year very, very largely stays because, because they, 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 they know that we're constantly thinking about how to enhance the program, how to keep the lines of communication open, how to keep the school year as normal as possible despite these crazy times. So I, I feel that that's been a, a very, very key component in, in just the trust that we've been able to develop with the parents because they know that we're not trying to drop the ball here. We're really, we're trying our hardest to, to keep things going as much as we could. Okay, thank you very much. That was very good. And uh, we hope that other yeshivas are listening and uh, to, it's not hard to implement these things. You just have to care like you're showing. Just show that you care. I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the truth. The 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 the, the conferences that I gave were, were not anything that I could even write in an article. It was really just. I mean, Baruch Hashem, I have a large family myself, and you know, I've been chinuch long enough to, to to know a few things about chinuch. But it was really just schmoozing dork with parents and showing them that there's someone that's thinking about them. There's someone that's thinking about Aitzus and how to make their son's learning experience and just home experience now better and more productive. And and it was just sort of like schmoozing durch, and it just it was it was machazik everyone, including myself. And again, it made people feel like 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 this when they feel there's an open line of communication with the school, even through all of this, then the trust is up, the anxiety is down, 
and and they just they 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 accept they accept what's going on as as a as a, as a little bit uh, a, a tunnel that may be a little bit longer than expected. Mm. Okay, thank you very much, Menachem. Always a pleasure having you. All right, Ravarin, all the best. Kaltov. We have on the line. Reb Shimon Hirsch, he's the Manali of Yeshiva Kaich of Yitzchak of Baltimore. He also happens to be my uncle. We have this chos of talking to Reb Shimon. Welcome. Hello, Aaron. How are you? Glad okay. to be on. Okay, great. Um, so, uh, we're, we're, we've been speaking about, during this last few months, the yeshivas have been closed. We're hearing the different methods that Manalim are, are using to try to stay in touch with the boys. Now that they can't see them, they can't walk the halls, can't actually see the boys in, in, in person. How are you as a Manal staying in touch with the boys and hearing and seeing what's going on? Okay, that's a, that's a very good question. I'm sure everybody is, is grappling with this. You know, I, I would say, you know, overall, you know, there's, there's always a balance, you know, because in every MISA, every institution, you always want to make sure that the conditions are perfect to be able to uh, hold the Talmudim to their, a, a proper responsibility level. And here we find ourselves in a situation where uh, the, the conditions are far from perfect, uh, very far from perfect. And yet we want, so to speak, school to continue, the learning should continue. So, you know, right away, I think everybody got into this very quickly before Pesach, and uh, we did what we could, but starting from Pesach, we had a little time to gather our thoughts, and I think there's always a balance of, you know, balancing the responsibility where we want the boys to learn and be and be responsible for 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 for, the, for what they need to know for the for school, but at the same time, there has to be a lot of understanding um, of the situation that they're in, and not every situation is the same. Some houses might say, you know, you know, send my child more, and some say less. Um, I think you know, Rabbeim have learned a lot over this tikkufa and this situation, and uh, they're able to while they're on the phone, they're able to see uh, if they're on by a computer, to able to see. You know, which told me the Maran, uh, they're able to, they, they learn how to, how, to, how to engage the class. They can have the class muted and unmute one boy at a time or unmute the whole class, et cetera. And, uh, you know, these, these are skills they haven't learned before, but they, they can see, they, they, they could see who has joined the class, actually. We also instituted, um, we, we, we did something from the beginning, which you felt was, was helpful. We, we have attendance sheets that we sent to parents every week and based on the Rebbe schedule, whether it's a recording, a live conference, you know, working with Harusa sheets. And we asked the parents at the end of the week, we send a form to them. They could, there's a form site they could send back or they could, they don't have the uh, use of a computer. They could send, uh, they could do a fax. And we just asked them to be partners with us in this way. Was we, we all want the boys to be responsible. And if a, and if a boy is missing some classes, you know, we're not going to kind of come down hard on them, obviously, because we know the situation is difficult. But I think it's helpful for the parents that they could say, you know, the school is asking us to be partners with them and to take attendance, which which helps us, you know, get the children onto all the different parts of the of the day's learning. Um, and and you know, there are a who are also emailing tests 
you know, the, the test go back, we tell their baby if the test goes back, it has to be acknowledged, you have to be, you have to make sure that, that the child gets a mark and you should see what he gets wrong because if he's putting in the extra effort, especially in this situation, you want to make sure that it's acknowledged. Um, and again, if a boy did poorly on a test, you know, it, it, it's a different situation. We're not going to hold him responsible as other times. If anything, maybe he needs help. Maybe give a call and, and ask ask the parents or speak to the boy and see, you know, what can we do? What, what can we do to help you? Like, what, 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 what are you missing out on? And, uh, you know, there are Bama constantly in, in touch with, with the, uh, with the, with the boys. We told them that, in, in, you know, you, in class, the, the boys see the Rebbe smiling. They see the Rebbe coming over to them, engaging with them. And they're, they're missing with that. As, as this is going on more and more, we're hearing so much how they're, is there's a there's a tremendous need how the the, the, the what, what the children are feeling they just they're just tremendously hungry and thirsty for the for the for the Rebbe's love and and emotion that they're missing out from the classroom and it's more and more important that they uh, that the Rebbe is engaged by calling them and asking about them and the Rebbe have things by their houses I know a lot of cities are doing this a lot of Rebbe that that the boys come by and they pick things up. Or they, or they, uh, sometimes they drop things off by the child, by the, you know, the, the child's home. And these things mean so much more uh, in this situation where the child is just craving for that attention. Mm-hmm. So uh, would you say that your involvement with the boys is, is less personal than it was during, when you have yeshiva? Or are you doing anything extra to make sure that you're making up for that lack of physical contact? Yeah, I would say that I say I would say there's more personal about it than a typical school year. You know, a rebbe could call a, a talmud. He's not calling every boy in the class. To, you know, every week uh, something special. He might want to call call the parents for a nachos report because you know the child is seeing the rebbe and he's getting that attention in the classroom on a daily basis, uh, every every minute, every hour. And here, where the rebbe is giving the shiurim, even if he's engaging the children over the over the phone ask you know with the asking questions and 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 he's complimenting what they say but you're missing that smile you don't you don't you don't see you don't see the hava that's usually uh, out in the open in the classroom so right. these these other things are even more important you know sure yeah so are the rebbeim picking up on any time certain situations that they feel maybe needs uh, escalation or some, some intervention if there's a particular problem are you seeing any signs of that I, I think you know the rebbeim pick up if a, if a, if a child is somehow not he, he's not he's not coming to the phone calls you know he'll he'll ask you know we have we have our social workers in school as well you know we're engaging them if we if we hear about a situation you know sometimes they'll make a call to the family to find out if somebody is is just you know not in a good place or is just being too overwhelmed maybe sometimes the family is overwhelmed depending on the situation and uh, you know we, we're we're in, constant contact with their abeyance to make sure that no one is, uh, you know, falling off in a way where you're just being lost and not, and not being tended to. Right. Okay. Okay. Shifting gears for a minute, over, going over to the parents, uh, you know, parents are, are much more involved and much more of a partner in their children's chinuch than ever before. Do you have a, a system of being in, in contact that the parents should be in contact with you and you can be in contact with the parents so that you get a real sense of what they're feeling, how they're, how they're seeing things because they're on the front lines now and, you know, a way of them giving you feedback as to what's working and what's not. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's, it's very important, you know, uh, to, to, to hear from the parents because, as I said, like I, I said in the beginning, you know, we're really we're really engaging them as partners much more than a school year. In school year, they drop off their child and he goes home at the end of the day. And there's always Hazar, there's homework, you know, and, and you partner with the home. But in this situation, you know, they are the principals uh, on site every day, you know, to, you know, make sure the child is, is, is uh, showing up, you know, making his phone call, listening to recordings, doing his work. And it's, it's more important. I think it works both ways. I think that the, the the school has to show an appreciation to the parents for the partnership because you know we're working even more together and I think the parents in this situation are even being more appreciative to Rabbi and first of all they see what it's like to get their child you know hmm. to come to the phone and and, and to get them into the learning they appreciate what their Bayam do on a daily basis in the classroom mm-hmm. and they see the engagement when they see when they see their own children live you know they, they can listen in on it. Uh, Rabbi's talking, they see a gishmak, a gish, a gishmak that's going on in the learning. They see the dedication, a Rebbe brings something over, a Rebbe has the class over. They just see it first, firsthand. And I think the connection, uh, you know, in this situation has, has brought a stronger partnership uh, together with the uh, you know, parents and the school overall. Mm-hmm. Could you share? Could you share any particular things that you've heard from parents, whether positive or, or problems that they're having, and how you go around trying to resolve it? Just any like what, what, what's been the most uh, common thing that you've heard from parents? Well, I, I would mention like you know because we just spoke about this recently. I think when you talk about younger children, I'm talking about you know uh, first grade, second grade, even you know pre one A. I, I think those are the hardest ages as far as engaging them on the phone because, the, you know, the, these are real visual learners and they didn't need to be in a, in a classroom, see their mower, see their Rebbe. And um, we actually just recently, you know, I know here in Baltimore, the, the Mignonim, we were allowed to have Mignonim outside. And as soon as it started, you know, we spoke to our Vater Abonim and, and the health authorities, and we got the okay. They have small groups, you know, five children at a time with a Rebbe. There he wears a mask, of course, and and in, in, in a safe situation where they could learn and it's safe, distance, safe distancing from each other because at that age, you know, it's just so overwhelming to, you know, to have them sit by your phone and, and on a daily basis, especially as time went on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's something that stands out. You know, that age, I, I felt, really stands out. So the Rebbeim do do this on a time that they're not teaching the rest of the boys. They they they, can't, they have a special time that it's just for the small group. Yeah, they, you know, they'll, they'll have they'll do they'll, they'll have a small group that they'll learn with, and then they will also you know have their other recordings later in the day. But it will it will help with some of the Chumash time that we'll do it live instead of doing it, let's say, uh, over a recording. Mm-hmm. And what about older kids? What have you been hearing from parents of, of older children, their, their, their issues that they've been facing and uh, the challenges? I think, you know, the old, you know old, older children as well, it's not, it's not easy for anyone. Um, it's just, it, it's a little bit easier at that age for them to be able to be engage, you know, to keep a concentration, to listen to a shear. And I think it's interesting, like, I think Rabbeim have found different uh, situations that work better for them. You know, one Rabbi tells me he has like an hour and a half, 
it's a live conference and it's a give and take and it works for him. Mm-hmm. Um, another Rebbe tells me, no, he needs to do like a half hour recording straight Gemara. And then afterwards he'll hazard over with the class and that works for him. And there's no one way that fits all. It really depends on the Rebbe, you know, how, you know, how he, maybe how he is in the classroom and, and what works for him and personality and, you know, it works for, you know, for each class, it works that way. But it, again, you know, even if the children are old, let's say we, even if you get into middle school, uh, it's, it, it, we, it, it's still so important, you know, the connection, the Talmud and the Rebbe, uh, a phone call, you know, a Nachas report, you know, how you're doing. And uh, the Arabim who are doing it as well, they have like even, spe- you know, specific time at the end of their shear where they'll stay on the line and schmooze with the boys mm-hmm. just so that, you know, there should be a proper cure of above us, you know, that right. way. Right. Are you hearing a lot that, uh, that the, uh, the boys, especially older boys, have a lot of extra free time because they're not yeshiva and, they, and the, I guess the, the classes are not as long as, as they ordinarily would be. There's a lot of free time, a lot of boredom. Well, it's interesting. I haven't heard the word boredom from the boys right now in school, but uh, whenever I meet, you know, I'll meet, I'll meet boys here and there, and I ask them, you know, are you, uh, are you looking forward to get back to school? And they, they, they say yes, like with a real conviction, like it's, it's been long enough. And I Appreciate think it's it. not only, you know, not only getting back to school, but it's, I think socially that they're, they're not connected with their friends. And uh, even if they talk on the phone, and they, you know, they'll meet up, maybe they'll see them, you know, but they're not having social gatherings. They really miss, they miss the social part of it. And they don't really, you know, they realize how it was so much integral part of their lives the past, you know, number of years that they've been at school. They miss that. So we're recording this during the week of Shavuos. And normally during, uh, during, during uh, a regular year, she would do a lot of things to prepare the boys for Shavuos uh, in the class, uh, projects or, or the, the other other things special. So this year, it's going to look a lot different. What's the yeshiva doing to prepare the boys and make the yamta feel special? Okay, very good question. You know, I, the yantif itself is a yantif. Uh, you know, in elementary school, the boys are home, but the, the lead up in school is always a special time. Uh, Leah to Kabbalah Satira, and what we decided to do for that is something that we were hoping to do on Lagbayim, but didn't work out. That we are going to have. Uh, the uh, parents drive uh, their children down to the to the school, uh, stay in their cars in the parking lot. There'll be music playing, and the rabbeim will be on the circumference of the parking lot, and they will drive by to be able to wish the rebbe a good yontif, and they'll be able to receive some nice treats, mm-hmm. a yontif, uh, nice desserts, some candies, and we also it's also a like a, a bit of a kickoff for a program that we're going to be having starting uh, starting Wednesday, going through Shavuos and uh, through Monday after Shavuos, a learning program, a certain amount of time for each class, each grade, and they could, they could earn something nice and it's a nice, uh, something, a nice treat that they, if they do this program. Um, it's not going to be easy. You know, Shavuos night, Leil Shavuos, it does not look like in Baltimore here that we'll be back in the Shavuos, Leil Shavuos. So, you know, this Hasmata program has that in mind that even it's not, we're not expecting the boys necessarily to be up a whole night, certainly not some of the younger boys who would have these shiurim in the shuls, but this program gives, you know, a hashivas of limra and kabbalah at the same time that they should feel, 
you know, he had that feeling and we could all be together, be Mr. Mac with the Rabbeim and, and uh, be able to dance together, you know, the Kavadi Antus tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dance in a, in a safe way. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they're, in, they're staying in their vehicle. <laughs> staying exactly. in their <laughs> okay, so one more thing just before you go. The Mitzvah this should all be over soon and uh, should just be a, a memory. Uh, do you, do, do you, what, what, what do you think will stand out in the, in the minds of the Talmidim as the, you know, the, the, during this period of their life? Will they have any positive memories thinking back to, to, to the way they were in, in, in yeshiva at home? Yeah, I think they'll remember this, first of all, as the longest vacation they ever had, first of all. <laughs> but but uh, seriously speaking, I think there's a tremendous resilience that they're going to see over here that, you know, of, you know, Shiva Satira, that, you know, it's easy to say, you know what, okay, just not working. It's just too tough. Let's do something very simple. And I think they see both from the, from the mice from the rabbi and they see from their parents that no, we're going to try our best. We're going to do what we can, what makes sense to learn the best way possible to continue uh, to learn, to grow as a bentaira. And I think that's going to stand out. And I think also, like I mentioned before, I think that they see the dedication, you know, in, in all fronts, the rabbi uh, parents tell me the dedicate, the dedication that's going back and forth is, is going, is going to stand out in a way that position that we come out the the uh, there'll be a tremendous kurva with everybody together as Hashem. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much for coming on. Okay. Chakash v'sameach, and uh, I hope we share ideas and to you know everybody share ideas to what we can do to help the mechanach tinekah shabbos rabbah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Chinuch 2.0, a show exploring the changes happening to how we do Chinuch. Chinuch 2.0 is hosted and produced by me, Aram Parnas. Special thanks to David Lichtenstein of Headlines, who inspires the show. You can subscribe to the show on Apple or Google Podcasts or on our website, chinuchshow.com. For suggestions, comments, or guests' ideas, please visit chinuchshow.com. Thanks for listening.